Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. This is your host, Sabria Mills, and I'm super excited to bring you guys into another edition of our Ramadan series, Maintaining Ourselves During Ramadan, Mind, Body, and Spirit. And today we have a special guest. We have the amazing Nora Goodson here on the line, um, and she is going to speak about the topic of maintaining our bodies during Ramadan. Welcome to the show, Nora. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you, alhamdulillah, talking about a topic that I think is so important for us, especially being that we're going to be navigating a different Ramadan, so a less mobile Ramadan. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about how we can maintain our health and bodies during this Ramadan with you. Alhamdulillah. So um, what we typically do is we just start off again with some introductions. I'll, I'll introduce you. I always tell my guests that I don't do t- the typical bio. Um, and by the way, it's kind of hard to find a bio on you. Do you know that? <laughs> I'm like, Michelle, like, this is super humble. She hasn't done interviews. I'm like, it is hard. <laughs> I I, even though I'm on social media, I don't really... Get on there too much. And, you know, so, yeah, alhamdulillah. Okay, alhamdulillah. So I'm going to personalize it. Um, And then, of course, I would like you to, you know, adequately introduce yourself and what it is that you do. Um, But Nora Goodson, mashallah, she is, and please correct me if I'm wrong. She is the founder of Muslimas Endor. Yes. Okay. She's the founder of Muslimas Endor, which is a nonprofit organization that is focused on you know, it's kind of started. I know you guys have men and women, women and men, excuse me, but it did focus with the premise of getting women moving, running. Um, they have, I mean, they have amazing things, which I'm sure Nora will speak to as far as what the organization does. Um, but um, me just really knowing Nora from a distance for a while, just seeing through the work that she she's done, a lot of lot of really close mutual friends um, are um, you know runners with Muslimas Endor. They've done so many um, different things. They've been featured in so many different um, news articles. And I know you guys done a, done a lot of races. I'm sure you've won some races. Um, so just really out there in the mainstream and normal, normalizing what it means to be a visible Muslim woman out there, taking care of your health, running, being active. And I think it's super, super dope. So alhamdulillah, I hope I got that right. Right? Yes, yes, you did. The only thing that I would like to correct, Muslimas Endure is still an organization that is focused on the woman. Um, Through through us, this being out there, a lot of men wanted to participate with Muslimas Endure. So mm-hmm. we started another organization called Rijal Runners, and that is for the men. So they're like our brother organization. So we do a lot of things with them. Um, primarily, we do a lot of races. We do some of our training, um, specific training for races. But we're mm-hmm. still two separate organizations that support mm-hmm. the needs of each um individuals. So the women, we support them in the ways that we need to support the women and we support the men in the way that we need to support the men when it comes to living an active lifestyle. Nice. Oh, I did not know that. I used to see like, you know, when the pictures get posted, I would see like, a you know, spouses together and such. Yeah. But is it even when the spouses come together to run, are they still representing the two separate organizations? Or yes, is it, it just... 
It's, okay. it's still represented to organization, but I think that's the the beautiful part of it is that that it be, has become a family um, organization where we do have spouses or even single brothers um, that that come on board, and we do a lot of our running together, but we still kind of maintain that um, that that distance because of what Muslims rep, Muslims endure represent for the woman. It's a, a safe space. Uh, to mm. pursue this active lifestyle and mm-hmm. the support that we give one another um, is is extremely important and sometimes private. Um, one thing that I was going to talk about towards the end is just like one thing that yeah. we do is um, a gratitude circle at the end of mm. all our workouts. So um, sometimes it's very, very light, like alhamdulillah, I am definitely grateful that I just came out here and I was able to run. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that Allah um, and everyone gets a chance to share, but sometimes it get really, really deep, you know, and sometimes it get personal and sometimes tears come out, you know, mm-hmm. um, about what, what we're grateful for. So um, so still maintaining that safe space for, for the Muslim woman is important, but having that protection with the Rajal runners with us. And sometimes we do some crazy things like run at midnight in the woods and having... Um, <laughs> Having the brothers out there to support and protect us is is definitely a bonus. But um, I I thought it was important. I think a lot of sisters would also say that it's important that we maintain that that separate um, that separate uh, spaces for each of us because yeah. we we I, notice that the men need something different than right. what we need. Yeah, right, right, absolutely. Wow, that's. That is amazing. And I appreciate you clarifying that. Um, and, it, and it just speaks to why um, what you do is so vital and so important. Um, so I did want to just delve right in um, to some questions. And I wanted to start us off with, you know, we do have like this classic question we ask all the guests. Um, it's like the dope Muslim woman question. Um, it's not really relevant to your topic, but I would love to hear your perspective. So obviously, you know, when we talk about, you know, Muslim woman being dope, we're, we are really talking about her just being the, ex- the, you know, living her excellence, being the best version of herself, etc. What do you think makes a Muslim woman dope? What do I think make a Muslim woman dope? I think yeah. that's just plain and simple. What make us mm-hmm. so dope is that we unwaveringly believe in Allah, right? Mm-hmm. We have this this unwavering belief in Allah, but to move a little further, we get up every single day and try our best to mm-hmm. earn his pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. And, and little small things that we do, right? So it don't have to be like these big monumental things. It's just like small things that we do every day to earn his pleasure makes us dope, right? Mm. So when we start to turn our everyday actions into worship, I think that is what makes us so dope. Cooking meals for our family, worship, yeah. right? Start with our intentions. Yeah. I think that makes us the dopest people out there. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah i mean subhanallah i appreciate um that and i you know i've heard like a million different answers some of them are kind of central and you know most women do relate it back to our relationship with the creator but um i, lo- I love love the peace which i think is very unique this time hearing it from you of making everything worship everything we do like we definitely with our intentions and how we go about it yeah that does make us very unique beings, mashallah. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that um, with the listeners, as I think they'll find that insightful. 
Um, alhamdulillah. So let's just get into what I know you're passionate about. So I know you talked a little bit about Muslims endure. So even before, let's preface this, um, before we get into this discussion about maintaining our bodies during Ramadan, um, could you give me a little bit of background of even what made you kind of start or found Muslims endure, just so that we have some context to this conversation? Yeah, so um, alhamdulillah, I've always kind of been an active um person since I was mm-hmm. very, very young. Um, I played basketball. I was always outside, normally the only girl in the neighborhood doing whatever the boys were doing. Um, I actually had some of them double dutching at times because that's one of my passions. I had the boys outside double dutching, but I was oh. always, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was always um, just being active. And I remember um, being very young and my dad used to go jogging in the morning. So I remember as young as eight, I'd be like, always oh, so fascinated with runners. And I'll be like, oh, dad, can I come jogging with you? And then every now and then he'd take me um, with him. And um, I just started to have this, this, this love for running. But the thing is, I didn't even realize it was a thing until after I was married and had my kids. Right. So um, I uh, ran no matter where I lived, no matter what state I lived in, no matter what I was doing when I was um, I'm the third oldest of 10 children. So oftentimes when I'm watching um, my younger siblings, they be like, what are we going to do? I'm like, we're going to the track and we go do some laps around the track. Um, when I was in college at Tuskegee University, um, I was always like running to campus or, you know, and, and it was always just a mile. So it was just something that I felt like I needed to do to stay healthy, right? Nothing more than that. Just something that I love to do. But as I reflect as an adult, I didn't realize how much a part of, running was a part of my life until after I had my children um, and I gained a lot of weight. So, of course, naturally, I went back to um, what I knew and what I knew was running. Running will help me lose weight. So I did that. And then I heard about Atlanta Track Club and I was like, oh, let me sign up because they have a great deal where you only pay like $35 a year and you get like six or more free races. So I said, I'm going to challenge myself to do all races in their series. And this was back in 2013. So I started to train and I started to just run more. And I um, I uh, just started to really, really love it. And I told my husband, I said, let me see what the women in my age group is doing. And um, I said, I want to do I want to I want to get on the top of this age group. And like within three months, I was like running um, first, second, third in my age group, sometimes coming in fifth um, overall, started coming in first in races. And I just was loving it. But one thing that was absent was I didn't see a lot of covered Muslim women running. So Mm. um so I said, I want to run with my Muslim sisters. And that's how Muslim Muslims Endure got started. I said, let me just see how many people was out there that wanted mm-hmm. to do it. And our first meetup, we had like four women show up. The next meetup, we had like 12 women. And then the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. The thing is, sometimes we feel like we're alone in this. But it was mm-hmm. so many women that was doing the same thing that I was doing. But they thought they were alone. So now this group gave them this, um, this sense of... Uh, community, this sisterhood, this this support, this this inspiration. They're inspiring one, you know, each other. And you know, it, it just is really beautiful. And um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. Yes. It's such a movement. It's such a movement. I mean, I've 
you know, low key watched, you know, from my sofa bed. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. But no, seriously. But no, I've seriously followed a lot of the work that you guys do. I know we've had recent discussions about even just kind of like, you know, joining on and just seeing like just for years how consistent, you know, mashallah. And that's, and that's one thing just, I know leading the organization, how difficult it is to be as consistent. You guys are so consistent, mashallah, and keep improving your programs and, um, you know, you keep making it, um, a, 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 like I said, a, a space where Muslim women want to be. They feel welcome. They feel encouraged. They feel inspired. So I think, alhamdulillah, um, for that, that work and that inspiration. I, I also saw that, were you, were you a PE teacher? Did I understand that correctly? Were you a physical yeah. education teacher or no? Yeah, yeah I- I'm, I'm, I'm currently a physical education teacher now and I teach middle nice. school PE and health. Yes. Okay. So that's your, that's your life's work. Yeah. And and a funny thing is, um, I've only been teaching for a little over a year now. And mm-hmm. and it, it was by happenstance. It was not a plan. I went to school yeah. to be an electrical engineer. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I, I was a practicing uh, engineer up until now. And it's been about nine years that I haven't practiced as an engineer. Um, and I decided to stay home when I had my mm-hmm. children. And mm-hmm. I homeschooled my boys up until last year. And um, that's when my passion, when I started having my kids, my passion really came out. And that's when I realized that what's more important is what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I continue with Muslims Endure. And then this PE and health job opened up and it fits so well into my life. And I'm so mm-hmm. grateful um, to have it, to be able to work with young people um, with something wow. I'm, I'm so passionate about. Wow. So that's the way a lot works, mashallah. Um, okay. So alhamdulillah, thank you for that background, your experiences. Um, but let's just talk about this Ramadan because I think it's an important discussion. You know, I was reflecting today, I was doing some walking myself um, today and just kind of thinking about overall health and how working out has changed and shifted with social distancing and such. Um, and I'm just like, okay, what is Ramadan going to look like for me trying to maintain some type of fitness, some type of activity level? Um, because by us being quarantined, we're definitely moving a lot less. No. Um, can you share first and foremost why you believe this year's Ramadan will be different for us um, mm-hmm. as it relates to social distancing, lack of movement, and our overall health? What makes this Ramadan particularly different? So, so with... Uh... To, just to be honest, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as being a, a, okay. um, a big, a big thing that would stop us from being active, right? Okay. I think, Please I, break I, it down. I, mm-hmm. I really think that when, when Allah gives us things that seem like, um, mm. it's a a burden. It seems like it's a challenge. He always give us some some blessing with it, right? So I feel like this time that we have to be at home, this social distance have given us the opportunity to step back and really think about and reframe what um, being active look like, what our health look like, what our goals are, um, what's more important to us, what what is our priority? Because as Muslim women, let me let me take that back. As women, oftentimes we put our um, help to the back we put our um activity level to the back for everyone else right 
So I think that this Ramadan has given us a chance to kind of be still and given us the opportunity and more space to do that, right? Um, I, I truly believe that. So with us being home, I do, do not think it equates with lack of movement. I think it gives us more opportunity. So the first thing is making the intention, what do you want to do? What What are your goals? Do you want to improve your health? And once you determine that, making dua, asking Allah to guide you, will help you. You're right. Mm-hmm. And then you'll find the space. I promise you things will start coming up with, there's so many Muslim sisters out there, first of all, they're doing great things in the fitness area and they're offering these great opportunities online. It's just you making that space. And it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of space. It can be 10 minutes, it can be 15 minutes. But I think that we we, we can, we have the we have more of an opportunity now. Really? To, to, more, of to an move. more of an opportunity yeah. to move. Getting yeah. outside. And just walking one time around your block. If you wasn't doing that before, that's an improvement. Mm-hmm. And then it'll become two times around the block. One thing that I like to do is anchor my workouts with something that I already do, which is Salah. So after prayer, I turn over, I do about 20 push-ups or whatever I can do. And then I go and do some squat. And then I do some pull-ups and I do a couple of more exercises and I'm on my way. And that took me about 10 minutes and I'm doing that five times a day. You know, so like just small things done consistently, I promise. And we can find that time now. And now we kind of see that it's more important. Now we're a little bit more concerned about our health. Right. Moving will help us. Right. It is not a time to be still. Mm -hmm. So. Absolutely. And that's a really good way, you know, because, you know, you're right. It starts with that mind shift thinking, you know, reframing the way we think about even this, um, this challenge, or some may even say blessing, right? Yeah. Um, now, now, typically during Ramadan, are you still? Do you modify your activity level? Are you still being active? What, what do you typically do during Ramadan? So I always, I always say, similar to what a doctor would tell you if you're pregnant, um, mm-hmm. you do not have to stop your activity level if you're already doing it, but don't try nothing new in Ramadan, right? So don't. Okay. So. So I stick personally, I stick to that as well. If I'm very active leading up into Ramadan, I remain very active in Ramadan. Some of the modifications that I make, I might try to work out before uh, Sahur, which is not very abnormal for me. I normally get up really early to work out because that's about the time that I can find in my day um, to make sure I get my workout in. Or I work out about 30 minutes to an hour before it's time for me to break fast. So those are the modifications that I try to make. But whatever your activity level is leading into Ramadan, you can safely maintain that um, during Ramadan. But some of the mo- yeah. So you would just modify time. You're, you're modifying the time that you do it. Exactly. Not necessarily the the amount. The yeah. Okay. 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 Nice. Um. Okay, so what do you think? What are some quick tips for women um, to prepare and maintain their bodies um, during Ramadan? And I, and I think we need to, 
And although, mashallah, like there's a lot of us that are looking at this as an opportunity. There's there's a lot of us that are looking at us, looking at this as Ramadan, like mashallah, we can't wait. This is the time for us really to get um, uh, really personal in our relationship to Allah. Yes. Um, however, there there are some of us that are going through just increased anxiety levels, increased stress, whether it's related to, you know, homeschooling the kids or not maybe having the job you used to have. Mm. Um what are some ways that maybe we can prepare and maintain our bodies during Ramadan, but with, you know, kind of considering all of these other maybe mental factors that are going on? So there have been numerous studies mm-hmm. that has proven that physical activity and exercise reduces the amount of stress that you have. So if you are one of those people that find this time to be extremely stressful for you, the changes and the transition is a lot. It is so important for you to make the time for yourself to move. Mm -hmm. When we move, when we raise our heart rate, when we're active, then we start to release those endorphins. And those those feel-good neurotransmitters that's released from your brain, and it actually changes your mood. It helps you to relax. So if you're stressful, you have to find a time. You have to make it a priority for yourself to do something. And it it does not have to be what you think a workout looks like. It don't have to be what you see someone else doing. It's just about moving. So if you're moving, it's turning on the radio and dancing for 30 minutes. And when you finish, your heart is racing and you're sweating. That is good. If it's getting on the floor and doing yoga, the first thing is finding something that you like to do first. And you have to make the time. Even if it's 15 minutes, even if it's five minutes, is if, it, if it's more than what you were doing the day before, it's an improvement. And then the next day, it's an improvement. As Muslims, we know small things done consistently is what allows us to progress and reach our goals successfully. So so if you feel, feel like it's stressful, sometimes you feel like you don't even have the time to do it, but Allah knows that you have the time and you have to find it wherever it is. And mm-hmm. and one thing when people say you're trying to create habits, one thing a life coach would tell you is to anchor it to something that you're already doing that's already a habit. And I like to tell people, anchor it to Salah. You're already praying. You're already on the floor. You know, right. do, a, do a little exercise. Say, no, guys, after Salah, I got my 15 minutes. I got my 10 minutes and move. With Muslims in Dorp, we actually, alhamdulillah, have an app this year. And on our app, you can actually go and find different workouts to do. Turn it on. It walks you through the workout. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're done, and then you could go on with your day. But if if it's very stressful for you at this time, Allah knows that you need to be moving. Even if you say, I'm going outside and I'm walking around the block, find the time for yourself to move. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, as far as the app that you mentioned, is it is it available for everybody? Do you have to be a member or anybody can just... Um, so sign you, on to the app. Uh huh. So you do have to be a member of okay. uh, Muslims Indoor mm-hmm. to um to the, to um access the app. Our membership is fifty five dollars for the entire year. Um, okay. and that 
really opens you up to um, not just the app, but a dope sisterhood um, of women that that are there to support you. And and that's the real gem of Muslimas Endure is the sisterhood and the support that you get and just the inspiration that you find in the other sisters and what and the amazing things that they're doing. But mm-hmm. but yeah, you have you do have to be a member. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's good. Definitely good to know. So let's, um, I want you to walk me through a little bit. So I just want to kind of create this image for a second. So say I'm a sister that um, really has been a little bit disconnected with her physical health, maybe hasn't mm-hmm. been working out, um, or being active. Um, like I said, doing exactly what you suggested as far as making some renewed intentions as I enter into Ramadan to have to, you know, have be in the best state, um, knowing that will involve my health. Um, again, we need to be, we know that physical health wellness is, is going to allow us to have the stamina to fast, to yes. pray, stay up late at night, you know, uh, decreasing Definitely. all these things. Um, so what are some ways I can get started? So I, I hear that you said the suggestion maybe before Sahur, around Sahur. Can you maybe offer some suggestions of some things that I could do if I was a sister that's, that hasn't really worked out in a while to kind of get my body moving? and Definitely. Um, so the first thing is, is the, the very first thing is like we talked about setting the ten- your intentions, that this is something that you really want to do. And, and once you do that, then I believe that you are going to make it a priority, right? So it has to be a priority because oftentimes you make the time for things that you feel are very important. So you have to, that that is the one of the most important pieces is making it a priority. And also we cannot underestimate the dua and you make it consistently. Acts in the law to, if, if you can't make it a priority, ask in the law to make it a priority for you. Right. And so and once you kind of get in the habit of making this dua that you have this goal and you want a lot to help you reach this goal, then you have to find a time that is unmovable. Right. Mm. And it has to fit into your schedule. You can't make it fit. It has to fit. That is so important. And it can't be on someone else's time. It has to be on your time. So once you find that time, the hardest thing is to get up and do it. That is the next hardest thing. The first day, just showing up, right? Mm-hmm. And what and what what are you showing up to do? It can be something as simple as walking around the block. That's it, honestly. Because the first thing is making that habit. Once you have the habit, then the other things will come. So I would suggest that you walk around the block. If that is something that you cannot do, I would say something as simple as pulling up YouTube and looking for a beginner's video um, to do 10 minutes and doing that. If not, jumping jacks. Do jumping jacks for a little while. I think people oftentimes do not stay consistent because they try to do too much too fast. And then they start risking, risking injury. And just lack of motivation because they start to feel bad that they're not doing what they see other people doing. But you have to keep in mind that you're doing more than you were doing before. So so once you've gotten to the point where you've started that habit and you're already doing something, you have. I think it's very important that you find some support. Mm-hmm. You have to find the support. And your, what does your support look like? It could be your husband. It could be your children, somebody that holds you accountable. Because for whatever reason, 
we um, are more accountable to other people than we are to ourselves. So if you tell somebody that I'm going to be working out at one o'clock, can you check in with me? Then you don't want to report to them that you didn't do it. <laughs> right. right? right. <laughs> so find some support. And there's so many amazing um, women out there that's doing dancing online. They're doing workouts online and all Muslim sisters, too. Muslim is endure. We have a strong support. So finding that support. But just I think those are the things that you can do. Mm. On top of like we're talking about moving, but changing a little bit of what you eat. <laughs> right. No, that's important. That's, that's important. Because you yeah. can't really right, you can't really do the workout if the if the diet is is jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say, and, and everything that we do in Muslims and do is always in steps. It's never, for, for us, it's never this overhaul of let's drop everything. Take one thing out your diet that you know you shouldn't be eating. Mm. For me, I'm a juiceaholic. So okay. I don't, I don't, I take juice out of my diet. And you'd be amazed of how many calories I have saved myself. Right. So. Yeah, and I, and I really think it's our small little things that we can do every day um, that would help us improve and reach our goals. And once you have that habit, then that 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 desire to do more would be there. And then you already have this support and you have these sisters that you're seeing. And then, then you can start doing like more rigorous workouts and things like that. But I just say start with building that habit and start with doing something small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's really, really powerful advice. And, you know, I'm just kind of being reflective about it. I'm also thinking on the other side of it. Let's say for those that maybe have a rigorous workout schedule and are really reflecting um, how they're going to modify. Like, like I was just, like I said, I was thinking today, like I like to go, you know, up and down the mountain daily, you know. Um, and I was just thinking like, oh, is that something I would actually do? Um, during Ramadan, you know, um, what would you recommend far as, I know we talked a little bit about modification, but if it is something that's strenuous that may cause some type of dehydration, should we pull back or should we just simply try to focus on adjusting the timeframes? What would so be your I, best advice? Uh-huh. So I think if you're already at this, you already have this rigorous routine, I honestly don't think that you you'd have to change it. And let me okay. preface that with I'm not a doctor, right? So you right, do need right. to check in with with the doctor, right? Because there's all these other things that you also have to take into consideration. But um, it has been my experience that you don't have to um, to change that. The things that you do change is what you're putting into your body when you can. Mm-hmm. So um, I would recommend that as soon as you break your fast you start to drink your water and you drink it all the way up until Sahur, right? So if you're praying Tarweed, you have your water with you. And your goal is to drink as much water throughout the night that you would have in 24 hours, right? So it's always recommended that the amount of water that we are supposed to be taking in is half our weight in ounces. So for easy math, if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking 50 ounces of water per day on a minimum, right? Wow. So doing after you break your fast, then you want to still be able to get those 50 ounces of water in before Sahur. Mm. 
So you start and and and, and that's and totally you, possible, right? It, it, <laughs> it sounds it, kind of. It's definitely difficult. possible. Okay. It, it is, it's definitely it's definitely possible. You start with as soon as you break your fast, you go ahead and drink your um your eight ounces right there, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe an hour later, after you have eaten your meal, drink your water. So you time it out so that you can drink it. If you're praying tarwi, you're drinking between rakahs, right? When you can, when you slam out, you, you're also drinking every opportunity that you can. You're drinking water. So, so you don't have to drink that juice. <laughs> right, right. You don't have to have those other liquids, right? And also think about eating things that have high water content already. That's another way for you to get your water in as well. Watermelon, cabbage, all those things that have high water content, you want to also consume. And you will see that if you have a rigorous workout, you don't really have to miss a beat. Because you're consuming those things that kind of stay away. And and I think that's another added blessing. I know oftentimes I look forward to going to Iftar's at the mess year because I know sister so-and-so is cooking and she make the best peach cobbler or whatever the case may be. But yeah. um, but now since the social distancing, we're at home and we're able to cook more simple, more healthier meals during Ramadan and really concentrating on getting the nutrients that we need to um, to operate throughout the day. So those are the things that I would suggest to people that's already maintaining, already having a rigorous um, workout. Just really concentrate when you break your fast on what you're putting in your body and only put those things that's going to support your workout throughout the day. Okay. So what about, so, you know, this is one of the things I was worried, um, wondering about as far as like, you know, people say you got to get a certain amount of protein and all of that. Um, and I know we had, we had your um, your Yacatala is also doing the second component of maintaining our bodies, which is the nutritional piece. Nice. She speaks a little bit to that, but I do want to relate this just to, again, that workout piece, especially if we want to really maintain maybe a little bit more of a rigorous um, workout. We really want to work on some goals. What are some of those things that you feel like we should be eating aside from the water? So, um, mm-hmm. so there are some things that, that you can um, definitely consume that I would suggest. Um, so Iris Seamoss is uh, something that you can consume that I would highly recommend because it's packed with nutrients that your body needs. Um, so uh, iris sea moss is one thing. Chia seed is another. Um, and beets are some things that I would recommend that you that you try to imp, uh, put into your diet, if, especially if you already have a rigorous diet. I mean, rigorous um, workout. Um, and, and I would go on the limb to say that someone who has a rigorous workout I um, hope and I'm, I'm almost confident that they have a, a good diet to match it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but um, those are some things. Now, um, making sure that you get uh, your protein in, um, however that looks. I like to take bean. Um, I like to eat beans a lot for my protein. Um, there's also um, a superfood called spirulina that I like because it's packed with protein. Um, and I, and I put that in my smoothie. Sometimes if I'm hardcore, I just mix it with a little water. Some people do not like the taste cause it's a little, um, sea taste because it comes from the ocean, but, um, I don't mind it at all. And it's, it's, it's green. Um, that is something else that I would suggest, um, a person would get to, 
try to increase the amount of protein that they're um, taking in to support their rigorous workout. So when we think about it in the aspect of Ramadan, no. So are you like the suggestions that you had, are you like kind of putting it in a smoothie to be in that you can't really kind of spread that out during the day or even our meals? We can't really sometimes have these like lavish, long, large meals to incorporate, you know, all these different things. Are you like putting a lot of this in a smoothie? Yeah. Maybe so, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so s- smoothies are, are like my a lot of my go- my go to, and I can pack a lot of things in there at once, including my vitamin C, especially at this time to increase my um uh, immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I do that I love to do, and I and as a runner is really good for for me because oatmeal we need our carbs, but we need slow releasing carbs. So I like oatmeal. I put my chia seed in there. I put my iris sea moss in there. Um, and it doesn't necessarily change the taste. And I put my honey, um, in there. So there, there are weight. The things that I suggested are things that you can put into meals like iris sea moss. You can also put it in your, in your stools. You can put it in your lentils or you can put it in your beans and rice. And it doesn't necessarily change the taste too much. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're going to still enjoy your, your meal. Um, chia seeds, you can pop that in anything really. Um, and be, right, right. And, and be so it's not like you're um doing something extra on the side you're adding these things to things that you're already consuming um and i would keep it super simple like i'm i'm so simple with my meals um and just keep it you don't have to do very lavish meals um you know some of our go-to is beans and rice beans and quinoa um with a with a good vegetable on the side Mm. Wow! Because it saved yeah. it, it saved you time too in the kitchen, right. Um, right. and and you're giving and you're turning your meals into worship at this point because you are giving your family and yourself something that's good. Our bodies, when you start to turn everything that you do into worship, taking care of my body is a worship and it's an obligation on me. This body does not belong to me. Allah has loaned it to me, mm-hmm. so. The body would testify on the day of judgment for or against me. So he's going to talk about the things that I put inside my body. <laughs> and, it, and he's not going to say, oh, it was um, this very lavish meal. No, she gave me the nutrients that I need so I can do the things for her that she needed. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that kind of speaks to the like spiritual component of it. And like you said, making our intentions um, you know, make our, making our intentions really, um, for the sake of Allah, whatever we're doing, um, even down to, like I said, maintaining our bodies is, like you said, is an act of worship. And now during Ramadan is the best time to kind of put that into action. Um, and I wanted to just kind of, um, circle back to this, I, um, this aspect, just because it's kind of been discussed a lot and, you know, just kind of being in, um, conversations with different Muslim women, um, just really, um, th- there's some feelings of overwhelm, um, whether it's just come from maybe mm-hmm. taken into like negative news or uh, maybe yeah. there's family members that are sick or maybe even fa- family members that passed away. SubhanAllah. Um, so I know we talked a little bit about the importance of just exercising to decrease anxiety. Um, however, I'm wondering is there, for example, um, we talk, we hear something like, for example, like yoga, everybody always suggests yoga first and foremost. Is, is there one particular exercise that maybe targets, um, 
our mental, like, you know, our mental state a little bit better than the other? Or do all of them just have the same impact no matter what? Like something like stillness and yoga, would that be more impactful than maybe taking a run around the block? Or what would you say to that? I think any activity level increasing um, that heart rate um, is, is important. But I think it's also important to pick an exercise um, that you enjoy mm-hmm. because it won't be as stressful, right? So if you do yoga because someone else says this is really, really good to do, um, it might not be as enjoyable, right? You want to get to a place in your exercise where your mind is on the exercise and and the workout and not on whether I'm doing it correctly or, you know, is this because then you're still kind of in that stressful zone. And and this is just my opinion, right? Okay, yeah. So um, yoga does have this meditative connecting with your breathing. Um, and it's very present in yoga, but it's also present in running and walking, right? Oftentimes people tell me, I don't like running because I can't breathe, right? So you have to be intentional with your breathing there, right? Dancing. How many times have you got out on the dance floor, danced so hard that you have to um, start to regulate your breathing, right? So any place where you feel that you're raising your heart rate and you have to be very intentional with your breathing is a place you need to be, right? So find that thing that works for you, something that mm-hmm. you can maintain. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's and and it's, and it's yeah. definitely things that like if you have very specific goals, yoga would be awesome for it. If you have other specific goals, like I want to lose weight, maybe c- more cardio. I want to tone up, so I want to do a little bit more weightlifting. So. If that is what your goal is, you have to kind of determine what that is. Like, what do I really want to get out of this workout? Is it just to relieve my stress? To relieve my stress, I can find something that gets me moving that I enjoy to do, right? But then when you start getting really specific, then you start to look at what are these other exercises that I can do to reach those very specific goals. But Mm -hmm. just to relieve stress, get your heart rate up. Even if it's for 15 minutes, I promise it would it would do a lot of good for you. So it, I, I don't personally recommend any specific one that um, would, would be better than the other in that instance. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, you mentioned something. I just wanted to ask this question before we wrap up our podcast. But, you know, um, I was listening and, and you may or may not have, um, you know, really done the research or, or heard about this or not. I haven't. I personally haven't ha- heard it discussed as it relates to coronavirus, as it relates to COVID-19, um, and the relationship between, you know, um, and I'm sure it's out there, but I just haven't heard it. Um, the relationship to, like you said, that increased heart rate, which you said has a direct impact on like that breathing component. I know exactly mm-hmm. what you mean. When I begin to increase my heart rate, I'm like gasping um, for breath. Um, I was listening to, I think the CNN reporter, um, that has Corona. I forget his name, but I know he's the brother of the governor of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about, you know, um, he was just kind of relating his story in regards to his experience with Corona. And he said, one of the things he really noted is, um, the more he does certain type of movements, 
Um, mm-hmm. The more he felt like he was re- like, it's really fighting it. He said, if I just laid, because that's what the virus really want, want you to do, just lay, yeah. lay stagnant. That's when the impact of the lungs and such, mm-hmm. he was kind of talking about it in detail and just kind of moving, moving your arms above your head or just yeah. really the aspect of like really moving. Have you heard anything as in relationship to that being that you do run, you, you, you really talk a lot about that in regards to like even protecting ourselves from respiratory infections, such as like Corona. Yeah, so so I'm definitely not an expert in that right. area. Um, your opinion, yep, we're going to with that. <laughs> <laughs> but but one thing that I do know is that um, uh, exercise is something that you need to heal, mm. right? So think about when someone has surgery. They mm-hmm. don't feel like moving, but the do- first thing the doctor tells you to do is to move that area, right? And and when I say surgery, I'm talking about maybe um, a surgery that has to do with um, your mobility, um, and and they want you to move, right? My mom had um, my mom had uh, got burned really bad where she had to do some graft grafting, and um, he told her to exercise <laughs> mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it would help her heal. Mm. And when she and then she he knew that she was active, active, even at her at, at her age. And she came in. He's like, why are you not healing? He said, have you slowed down on your on your exercise? And she said, yeah, I have. He was like, you need to exercise. So I know from from just those experiences that right. moving is what you need to do. Um, you, and, and 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 I'm sure you can go out and Google and find credible Right. Uh, sources and you can find right. um, studies after studies after studies that that prove that and I, and even though COVID nineteen is new, I would not imagine that it would be any different. Right. Um. Right. The and and being out in the sun, I know with social distancing, we want to stay away from people, but we don't want to stay away from the sun. Right. Um. So even if it's outside in your backyard. And you're 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 walking out there. You're just out there. And you're moving and you're playing with your kids. You want to be able to get some of that sun, and you want to be able to move. Um, yeah. So I I can imagine what he was talking about, um, but I don't know the the facts. But that's just from my yeah. experience. I appreciate you sharing that, as I think it's really really important for people to um to understand um, just being in the state that we're in. But I did want to, we are approaching um, the end of our podcast here. I think you dropped so many gems in reference to how we can really maintain our body, how, how we can. And I love how, um, you know, you started off this conversation with reminding us that this is an opportunity, right? This is an opportunity to reset, restart, reset, to set intentions, to set goals. Um, It's not, this is not a drawback just because we're home, right? Yeah. Um, this is an opportunity. So I really appreciate you for sharing that um, with all of the listeners. Do you have any final tips for our listeners? Um, or um, if you could just please drop some information of how um, people can get um, immediately connected with Muslimas Indoor, if if need be. So, um, so I get so caught up oftentimes in, in my own passion of running that I forget that Muslimas Indoor definitely does more than just um, a run program. Um, we definitely have a walk program um, that is, is fairly new um, and it's very similar to running, but it's, it's specific for women who has no desire to, to run, but they want to move. 
So we have a walk program and we also have a um, women's only swim program that we have we've had for about five years now um, where we are teaching women and their children how to um, how to swim. So oftentimes people equate Muslims endure with only those runners. Um, but alhamdulillah, we're um, trying to create a space where um, Muslim women um, feel safe and comfortable pursuing an active lifestyle. And we do that through endurance sports. So running, walking, swimming, and inshallah, soon cycling. Um, if you want to um, get in contact with us, we have our website on muslimasendure.com. And we are also on Facebook um, at Muslimas Endure, Instagram, Muslimas Endure, and Twitter at Muslimas Endure. Um, so that's M-U-S-L-I-M-A-H-S-E-N-D-U-R-E. So you can find us um, on social media. And then just a quick question to clarify to everybody. Is it, do you have to live in Atlanta? No, you don't have to live in Atlanta to be a part of it. Some, so alhamdulillah with the app is allow, allowing us to connect um, with one another um, in a more personal way. Um, and you don't have to be in Atlanta. It's definitely a benefit because right now this is where we have all our in-person meetups and our in-person meetups are not existing right now. But um, but but so it's a bon. That's the only bonus with being in, in Atlanta. But you can be anywhere and be a part of um, Muslimas Endure. Nice, nice. Well, you hear that, ladies. Um, you definitely have a way to connect. Um, not only to be active and encouraged, but to build um, some sisterhood and a sense of community surrounding our health, which we know more than ever, if you didn't know before, or if we didn't even, you know, maybe think too hard about it, we do know the importance of maintaining our health. Um, it's so, so, so critical. But I wanted to just thank you, Nora, again, for coming on and sharing all your wisdom and your gems. I really appreciate it. May Allah bless you and reward you. And thank you. Thank Beautiful you. Ramadan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thank you so much for for inviting me, and I think that um, what you're doing is is pretty awesome too. So I'm I'm glad you included me in it, and um, I'm very appreciative. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much, sis. Well, this is another episode. This has been another episode of the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. I'm a part of our Ramadan series. And I just want to remind everybody to please subscribe and follow on our platform. So whatever one that's comfortable for you, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Anchor. Um, It matters when you subscribe. It matters when you follow. Um, we are also on Instagram and Facebook at the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. So please feel free to reach out. We share awesome content um, as we kind of go along, go along through this season. So again, I want to thank you. This is Sabria Mills. Take care. Until next time. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam.